Good afternoon and welcome to the Power Up Show with Mia and Paul. As always, we're asking you the question, how can we take your business to the next level? Paul, what's on the agenda for today? Well, good afternoon, Mia. Good afternoon, everybody. It's great to be back. Um, we've got some uh, rather uh, drizzly, sort of like cloudy weather was outside it today. When you in? It was raining oh. when I walked in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly right. You didn't obviously notice I was soaked as I walked through the door. <laughs> um, but, I don't uh, pay that much attention to no, you. No, you pay much attention to you, really. That's right. So, um, but um, no, it's a bit cooler outside, which I actually quite like to be honest it actually makes me uh, feel a bit more energized at the moment this cool weather rather than the beating heat anyway today we've got a packed uh, agenda uh, we're gonna have a very very quick quick q a after the next song um and then basically we have uh, a lot of time today to spend with our guest uh, matt alden um so he'll be joining us today and uh, before we end the show this afternoon we'll have uh, julian and from from pick and mix beautiful well i must warn you we have got a cracker of a quiz for you and matt fabulous <laughs> Look forward to it. Where are we at, Paul? What are you, 7 0? Uh, no, I got one, remember. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Seven you, one? You, forget that you forget the one that I actually won because it wasn't a live show. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to the Power Up Show with uh, Mia and Paul on a live 90.5. You are with Mia and Paul on the Power Up Show on a live 90.5. And, Paul, you have a question for me that you wanted to ask before we get started with Matt. Yes, we've uh, won uh, of the Q&A today. We're going to have a very quick question. Um, this question actually comes from uh, from Mia. Uh, in, <laughs> me? in, <laughs> I remember asking a question, but let's give it a go. And I just thought it was a really good one. I think it's got on our social media, and it's uh, it's what's a good way to increase sales by twenty percent? Oh, that is a good question. I do like that one. <laughs> Increasing sales by twenty percent. Engage your sales force. Just yeah. see what's going to make them perform. We need to bring in some creative thinking versus the traditional way of doing things. Salespeople traditionally are not the most effective people in the world. I've trained thousands of them. So if you're very offended by that statement, go look in the mirror because it is the truth. We are ineffective. Some of us know how to work really, really smart. Therefore, we don't have to work hard. So give us a little bit of free reign. Let us bring some creative thinking and make it so that we are working those flexible hours, but we are results driven. Create a different type of bonus structure for us. And in fact, 20% probably looking a little bit on the low side uh, with that creative thinking, more flexible work schedule, engaging the workforce, engaging salespeople. You'll see not only your profitability go through the roof, you'll actually see the productivity of salespeople go through the roof too. Mm, absolutely. No, that's right. That's, that's very good, Mira. I think, look, uh, you know, to me, it's that really spells out in terms of a real connection between uh, you know, your area of specialism and mine as well, in terms of, you know, I hear about, uh, to me, it's all about being numbers driven. And if you actually you can invest in people in the right kind of way um, and get them, get them engaged and get an actually a, a fiscal outcome from that um, then uh, it's uh, and I think it applies not just to sales forces it applies to a whole workforce mm. as well 100% 100% Okay, so we said we keep it quick this today yeah, for the, uh, for the Q&A because we want to get, get uh, we want to get uh, into our guest and get uh, <laughs> two hours of value out of um, as much as we can. So, um, so our guest today is uh, Matt Alderson. He is the founder and the CEO of uh, BX and BX Networking, and the founder also of Integrated Workforce Solutions. And on and on and on and on. <laughs> I know, right? I didn't realise uh, <laughs> Matt did so much. I was reading his bio, and I'm thinking, when do you sleep? Yes, that's right. Exactly right. I, and I, his I, dad. And he, and he and he's a dad, and he looks about. You know, 15, oh, no, 20 like years younger than me. So I'll take him. He goes to the gym, he works out. He, 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 he mustn't sleep, me. He really mustn't sleep. Oh. So, um, and look, I could go on really, but uh, Matt, welcome to the show today. Great to have you uh, on, on board with us here today. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. And Mia, good to be here. Well, thank you. Before we get started, we're going to quickly go to our quiz. Um, Paul is on fire. 
with the quizzes at the moment. We're seven one to uh, our uh, guests. In other words, burnouts rather than on the fire. It could be yeah, a better I mean, way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> I do like a competition. So okay. every, everybody says that. <laughs> in fact, we've had one of our guests almost climbed across the mm. desk to slap mm. Paul. <laughs> mm. Mm. I won't do that. No, but we're all good. entrepreneurs, aren't we? So at the end of the yeah. day, we're, we are competitive. We're yeah, that, that's people. exactly right. right. Yeah. But we're trying to get the competitive edge in Paul. <laughs> but until he hits that, <laughs> we will continue to yeah, have that, him lose. Let's, but, uh, let's see if we get a subject, actually, that I'm... But I like. I have a very good subject here, and it is mm. contemporary movies of the 90s. Does that count as contemporary? Okay. <laughs> it's almost like cricket. If you think about it, it's the sporting version of being a couch potato. Would I'm you? very glad it's not cricket, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we ready? We are, yes. Okay, your name is your buzzer. Matt, just yell it out. Paul, just yell it out. Are we ready? Which 1997 film stars Nicolas Cage, John Cusack and John Malkovich? Matt. Yes. Conair. Yes. How many people... Oh, this is unfair because Matt just told me he spent time watching all these movies. So this could I be am a movie buff many years <laughs> in the industry. How many people were killed in the 1996 film Scream? Matt. Oh, yes. I'm just going to go with the lucky number seven. And you'd be lucky. No. Number <laughs> Come on, Paul. I just you beat know you to the buzzer. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. This, this is for you, Paul. I had seven, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're on radio and not TV. <laughs> what year was the song My Heart Will Go On from Titanic, Titanic release? Matt. Yes. Oh, this is actually embarrassingly just admitting this on radio, but uh, it's Titanic and it's 1997. How do you know that? Because <laughs> it's one of my favourite films. Please <laughs> take a moment for us to recover. I was, uh, I, I was, I was almost there, wasn't I? There, I was, you were. Uh, yeah. but, but were you going to say 1997 though? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Celine Dion. This is it. Fantastic. This is it. Everybody mm. knows the answer to this. Uh, it's quick draw, boys. Okay. Which artist sang the song Oh Pretty Woman from the film? Paul. Pretty Woman, <laughs> yes, Paul. Royal Bisson. Yay. All right. Was that from the 1990s? Um, <laughs> no, I think I think purposely one was thrown in there that's that's a bit older just Paul, to Paul try and get me off the mark. Paul does have, like, 30, 40 years on us, Matt. I, you know, I, I do. Uh, the 1930s and it could have been a silent I can, movie. <laughs> I can never end up with zero. There always has to be an odd one thrown in off topic. All right, here we go. Which 90s movie featured the Looney Tunes on its soundtrack? Silence is definite. Silence. Space Jam. All right, and here's the oh. last one. Not for the win, Paul, because you're out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but for the complete annihilation. Matt, are you ready? Which 90s movie soundtrack is the best-selling soundtrack of all times? And when you know it, you will know what I'm talking about because it's one of those mind-numbing, piercing songs that the you body hear. Yard. Yes, correct. Yeah. So, Paul, what is that? Where, where we go? Well done, Matt. Thank oh. you. Done, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the bodyguard straight away, but I, I thought if I went in too quick with that, it might totally out me <laughs> with my movie choices. Your reputation has been destroyed with Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, you're listening to a live 90.5 uh, with Beer and Paul on Power Up, and today our guest is Matt Olsen. Paul, you're going to direct this conversation for us now. Um, around Matt because you just mentioned the mm. 50,000 things he does and just quietly I don't like him very much because he looks so good <laughs> but I'm pretty convinced he doesn't sleep at all just turn your ears off Matt for a second yeah so I carry on me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so before I dig myself any deeper, I yeah. think you better take over. That's right, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Matt, obviously, there's a lot of things that you you, you do in uh, from a work perspective. Just just tell us how you fit it all in because you've you've done so much in what seems to be such a young life. 
Well, yeah, so I've been in business now for almost 15 years. Um, I know what you're thinking. I look like 21, maybe 22. I was going to go with 12, but yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I actually turned 41 last week, so. Oh, happy birthday. Would you like you. us to oh. sing? No, it's okay. <laughs> we, we'd rather not sing, to be honest. So oh, I'll, I'll let Mia sing. But I have heard that you, you know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> in my spare time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, oh, look, I've done a lot of things. Um, retail hospitality background originally uh, and spent many years in there and only just got out of the retail and hospitality game having so sold um, three businesses last year. Very relieved, yeah. hard work in that game and uh, certainly moving into the future, I think, um, you know, that that shop front uh, perspective is a hard gig. So, mm. um, Can I ask, when you say retail um, and hospitality, what, what were the businesses you were involved in? Yeah, so I had a Subway franchise. Oh. I actually had six Subway franchises. I'm oh, sorry, five Subway franchises, a couple of cafes and a couple of video shops. Uh, oh. And I sold cafe, a subway and a video shop uh, last year. So uh, I think the, the last remaining video store to be sold will be in the world. Yes, it's going to say. Besides closed, uh, yeah. uh, this one uh, was sold. So, yeah. oh. um, But really good. Look, um, I, I loved it. It gave me a really good grounding in customer mm. service and mm. understanding the importance of um, and, and the ability to talk to people and, mm. and communicate with people, um, which is a, a dying skill, I think. Mm. We're, we're so is, hooked it, up on technology. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think even thinking in terms of uh, when I started my career, I was in a customer service type role and uh, the skills I picked up then um, you know uh, stay with me now yeah. um, so it's a great mm. as you say it's, a, it's an absolutely fantastic and grounding. it doesn't take much right it's just you know hi how are you how can I help you I mean mm. that's pretty much all I'm looking for most mm. of the time that's right. mm. as you said mm. we're so interconnected in a social and I use that word very loosely a social network via the digital age yeah. mm. that you know we, we're raising a generation who don't actually know how to be social that's unless right. there's a phone in front of them and yeah. a little text message being sent mm. that human interaction is really important mm. um, and you know we'll get onto that a bit with mm. the networking stuff the face to face and why that's really important in business mm. um, but back to the question I yeah, guess. How do you, how, yeah that's the question how yeah, do you fit it all in Look, um, I've, I'm really good at being disciplined uh, and I've learnt um, as I've you know matured in, in my time in business, I've learnt that I need to focus on uh, a smaller number of things and the most important priorities, uh, which is why I sold off a number of businesses last year and I sold mm. all the other retail shops over the last few years, is that I really need to focus in and draw uh, my, my time and attention into the, the highest returning items. And that's not always the highest returning financially, it's, it's just where I get the most value. Um, um, and your family's part of that as well. Uh, yep. I think you mentioned I have three kids in there oh as well. God, and three kids um, cool. <laughs> Yeah, so I've got a 13-year-old girl. She's in uh, Beth. She's in high school in year eight this year, a mm, uh, yeah. 10-year-old boy and an eight-year-old girl. And, and they take up um, and a lot of time. Like I, I focus mm. a lot of time um, on making sure them, and my wife as well, <laughs> um, get you know some, some quality time. So that was part of that um, refocus of my energy. Um, and BX and, and BX Networking, those two brands that I've started a few years ago are are killing it and, and I love I love that and that's just in my passion spot and it means I can spend time there so uh, focus mm. is is the absolute key and, <laughs> and like my diary is planned to the minute and my time is you know every personal like it's not just work stuff it's all about uh, um, just you know maximizing every minute of every day mm. um, from it's, a holistic perspective it's interesting because um, we've uh, over the last few weeks we've had a couple of uh, year 12 students in and uh, 
Uh, two of them have actually asked a question and asking for advice and help in terms of um, how to actually plan their time and better time manage themselves. And uh, yeah, the point you raise there is, is a very good one about how important that is and, and how you should you sort of really, to get the most out of life, you really need to plan all of your life, not just your work life. Absolutely. And your, yeah. your personal life separate. And, uh, you know, I, I, one of the things I encourage these, uh, you know, these students to do was to, to seek out people that they think that they see that are good at it. And um, if they're listed there, I suggest probably they connect with you, Matt, to learn from your skills. Yeah, in fact, I'm, right, I'm right, waiting to read your book, you know, How I Manage Three Kids, a Wife, a Family, and a Successful Business. That's one book I think I'd be jumping up and down to get my hands mm. on. Well, it's interesting because my book is called Business for Life, and people say, oh, so it's about balance, is it? It's about, you know, that life balance. And I said, well, and I always say, there's, there's no real balance in life on a day-to-day so I know that when I need to really knuckle down and grind it out and get a lot of work done it can I can be uh, you know up for and uh, for days at a time getting stuff done and, and my family might not see me all week and I might be interstate and stuff like that um, but then I need to the balance needs to happen like later in the week or later in the month or later in the year because it comes in ebbs and flows you can't say I'm just going to work 40 hours so that I can have my weekends because that's not really balance mm. either uh, and so how does that look 40 hours of work when you have your own business I mean <laughs> show me the person who's got that yeah, yeah. I worship at their feet sometimes <laughs> So it's really about finding uh, long-term balance and just fulfilment, like um, you know, good having good quality relationships in your life and and in business and in life and in, and in all elements. So and it's true what you say because I've heard it before that when you balancing and you juggling this career, very successful career that you have, and you have three children and a family, that you need to just plan in that time in your diary that this is the time I'm going to be spending with family anyway, and whether your family realizes that that is booked into the calendar it's of no relevance to them it's for you that you know this is the time i need to actually now step away from what i'm doing and spend that time otherwise we do get sucked into this portal and absolutely. before we know it we forget who the family is yeah absolutely and like you talk about success i think as we anyone in business as we go through business we learn that uh, there's just as many failures, well, probably just one less uh, than the wins we have. Uh, if we keep getting up and, 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 and having success um, on top of failure, we learn through that. And, um, and a big part of my story, my journey is through the adversity I have had in my business uh, and life and, and moving through that and learning from that and then being able to teach other business owners how to avoid that. Uh, that's, that's been a big part of my journey as well. Now, in your book, you talk about a um, sit down with the Prime Minister. Which yeah. one? <laughs> I don't know. We've we've had a few recently. Yeah, we were having a discussion off air, and we were saying, do you want to elaborate which one you think you were with? Yeah, I, I, I've stopped because um, it seems so long ago now. It was only a couple it, of years it, ago. As a book many. six months old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, let's just say one of the prime ministers. Now, <laughs> um, I guess I'm I'm a really big advocate for small business, so I've spent a lot of time uh, working with my local, state, federal members uh, to. Uh, understand what they're where they're focused on small business and putting small business on the radar for them um, in their electorate uh, and uh, having I had three retail shops in one local area uh, so I had a fairly substantial profile in the local area from a business perspective uh, plus all the business networking that we did as well and uh, I developed a good relationship with our uh, federal member and um, it was through that that um, he then took that. Uh, he talked about me in Parliament one day, and the PM, which was Tony Abbott <laughs> at that time, 
um, said, let's get out there, let's meet this guy, let's um, let's do a press conference there and, and I'll, I'll do a sit-down with him and, um, you know, hear what he's got to say about small business. Uh, so it was awesome. He was there for a couple of hours, uh, that and about, you know, 200 security service. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did get to sit down uh, in my boardroom and, and we had a half-an-hour conversation. It was me, my wife, the local member uh, and Tony. The Pam, it was phenomenal. Um, look, if and I always say, I think if this this man could convey uh, what he did in front of me um, to the to the masses, he would have been a much more successful prime minister with the people. I think um, you know didn't very convey very well all the time in front of the press. But man, one on one, what a terrific guy, and um, and it was an absolute honour to be able to spend that time. Um, um, just with the ear of the PM, um, I, I guess a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. opportunity. I'd like Fantastic. to come back and just have that discussion about small business and politics. I, I don't like getting involved in politics, but yeah. in the absence of any great leadership and direction where I feel that we are now, uh, I do see the emergence of a small business party. I have no idea what they stand for. Paul's going to connect me there so I can find out. But I'd like to have it's that discussion. It's interesting, with, isn't it? it? It is, and I'd yeah. like to have that discussion with you, especially seeing as the budget was released uh, today. Yeah. And I'd like to just have that discussion with you. So interrupt what our plan chain of thought was originally and then we'll go back to where we were coming from because we need to talk about networking too. You're listening to The Power Up Show with Miriam Poole and I guess today, Matt Alderton. Unity, you're alive, 90.5. Matt, when we left off, we were discussing your interview with um, Tony Abbott and you very much are that advocate for small business. I am. And, I mean, we've heard where your background is from and what it is that you, you, you've done just in your personal business life, but it was enough to to get the attention of your local councillor to say, hey, let's have this discussion further within Parliament. How did that conversation go with Tony Abbott? Um, it was it was a great conversation. Uh, he was open. Uh, he asked us about our personal story, about where we're at and about business and, and the change we're trying to make. Um, and that really was to, to get small business onto the map for our local members and our federal members uh, because I think for such an important part of our economy, uh, we often get the lip service of being looked after, uh, but we we work very, very hard. Uh, In fact, a third of small business in Australia uh, earns less than the minimum wage. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about putting the minimum wage up 10% um, is being thrown around, which will see us with the highest minimum wage in the world, and yet we've got a third of our uh, small business sector earning less than the minimum wage, and they won't go up when the minimum wage goes up. Mm. Uh, So it'll increase the number of small business owners earning less than that. And the challenge is that that's that's our turnover. That's not even our take-home. So it's it's pretty scary. The small business employs more than 60% of Australians. Uh, We contribute in taxes and, and, and all sorts of different ways uh, way beyond uh, just the, uh, the the obvious like we're, we're an employer but we employ hundreds of thousands and millions of kids uh, who it's their first job and we give them life skills things like that so uh, it's, it's I really mean let's just take let's just go let's just rewind back what you said small business employs 60% of the workforce did I mm. get that correctly that's a massive number I mean you're over half of the workforce is being held together by small business yeah and so they factor that um, small business is considered, I don't know if you saw the Mark Burris thing that went on and Mark Burris said, oh, forget the word small business. Um, he used another F word, but let's say forget <laughs> the word small business. Um, small business, we should be called, you know, um, something different that's not demeaning. Um, but really, if we clinically, small business means anything up to $10 million in turnover. Uh, but really, if we look between 2 million and 10 million, there's only 200,000 businesses in that 
bracket up from two million to ten million. There's actually uh, most small businesses, actually two million small businesses between two million and zero dollars. Um, two so, million yeah, small businesses. Mm, it's pretty significant. So mm. um, look, it, it's it's really uh, it, it's we, we are a significant player and we contribute a significant amount to. Uh, the economy uh, across Australia um, and and many other factors, as I said. So I, I like to get in the ear of my uh, local members and federal members, and, and I suggest that anyone in small business they should develop a relationship uh, with those people and they find out who they are and 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 have conversations with them. They're happy to meet with you and they want to know what's going on in your business and and how they can help support you. Uh, but it's you know the squeaky gate gets the most oil <laughs> and. <laughs> What are some of the, the topics? So if we were to speak to our local member and say, hey, you know, I'm a small, small business owner, uh, we live within our own little bubble, let's be honest, because as you said, we're some of us are just below minimum wage. Some of us don't even take a wage. Some of us are hoping that our partner or our spouse is providing for us in the hope that we're going to get better. What are some of those issues that we need to be banging on the door about, even if right now it's not affecting us? Yeah, look, uh, there's a couple of things. I, I like to take two approaches. I think we should be looking at what affects me, uh, but I also think we should keep in, a, in the top of our mind what's the best thing for the country as well. Uh, because if every one of us thinks what's in it for me, we won't have a, 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 an economy, a, a society that looks after everybody um, and it's fair for everybody. Uh, it's like taxes, you know, you've got to look after um, all levels of... Uh, of earners, not just the bottom end or not just the top mm. end. Um, you've got to look after everybody um, and not necessarily in an equal way, but in a fair way. Uh, and there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of big, big businesses paying no tax and a lot of small businesses earning, you know, between 50K and a couple of hundred K a year uh, who are paying uh, like maximum tax that they should be paying. And, and that's not right when mm. you've got businesses earning 50 million, $100 million who are paying no tax and you've got businesses that are uh, uh, probably solo entrepreneurs, maybe with one admin person mm. or, or a salesperson helping them out who are paying top dollar tax um, just because they can't afford the same level of support. So I, if I was in front of my local MPs and and uh, I, I'll be having conversations around uh, what are we doing to ensure that uh, we're not impacted from a wage perspective, um, how they're advocating for that. I'd be looking at, because um, I believe wages should be fair for all, but there's all levels of wages as well. Um, and there's you know all different times and places where people want to work and can work, and we should be looking at that as an overall picture mm. um, and looking at it from a global perspective, not just in, in our bubble of Australia. Um and also, you know, you might have a retail shop or a, a business that uh, has some sort of shop front presence. Um, so your, your, your federal and your state ministers can be helping you work with local council to get better, you know, parking, all that sort of stuff, you know, streetscaping and frontage and stuff like that. So there's all different things you should be talking about. But having that conversation, they'll let you know what they've got planned uh, and they'll let you know uh, what some possibilities are that uh, you can communicate with them about what they can do for you. You talk about taxes and uh, I know I've been hearing in the news some new concessions, I suppose, for small businesses, new tax write-offs for small business. The budget's coming up this evening. Yeah. What are you hearing around the budget that I should be listening out for? Well, I'm such a nerd because I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like budget night. Um, I'll be up writing articles all night um, tonight on, on the budget, flicking those out, and then I'll be driving to Canberra um, first thing in the morning for a BX networking breakfast. Um, so that'll be oh, fun. Oh, my Lord. Do um, we just say this? Don't you feel so inadequate, Paul? <laughs> 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 I'll be sleeping until about 7 o'clock. <laughs> 
So, but um, it's it's a great night because, uh, and I think it's exciting from a number of perspectives because we all know we're coming up to a federal election. Yeah. And I think, um, and we're talking about the level of knowledge some people have and don't have in re- regards to the election, um, and in regards to all types of parties and what they represent. And I think the budget is a really good way to learn about. Uh, what is being put in front of us mm. because these are really election pictures. Mm. This is a mm. different budget. This is an election budget, it is indeed, really. Isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. the, the election could be very close around the, around the quarter. Is absolutely. Yeah, coming so. in May. Yeah, look, they, I, I think May eleven is. It hasn't been yeah, announced. Okay. It'll probably be announced in the next couple of days, I'd say. Uh, but I, I think uh, if because there's two budget speeches tonight. There's the, uh, the so we'll have one from our PM. Um, and, and the Treasurer, and, and they'll go through the, the budget this evening. But we'll, we'll also have one by the opposition, uh, which is really important. And it's funny how many people stop listening after the first one. But this <laughs> That's is... why we have you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so you can paraphrase the process. So we'll be looking at a LinkedIn later for that. So yes, I'll send you some links. Well, <laughs> so I, I think it's really important to, to listen to both because this is your opportunity to learn what both parties are bringing mm. to the mm. table uh, because one of them will end up uh, leading us uh, out of this next election and... And we'll be trying to hold them to their their promises, and the promises uh, a lot of those will come off the back of their budget speech. Uh, so if you're undecided with your voting, uh, then which is I think most people are sitting there on the fence at the moment. You might have some hardcore people that are that wouldn't change like they wouldn't change their football team. Um, but I think if you, if you want to make a good informed decision, the budget is a really the budget is a really good place to start just to get a good understanding. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that that we wouldn't change our football team. And I suppose you know five ten years ago we would never change our political party either and our allegiances either. But I know that now for us. Uh, going into an election, we're very much no longer, this is our party, we'll always vote for them. It's now what can this party provide to the environment with which I am in currently? Yeah, yeah. And what benefits do you have for me? And that's basically what we are now putting our votes towards. That's it's right. Not, not that allegiance, it's how do we work together to get the outcome that's best for the environment yeah. that I'm in. Yeah. And look, uh, so I think from a small business perspective coming out of the budget, we can expect the uh, the 20K instant tax write-offs. Uh, they've been around for a few years now. Um, they keep entering back into the budget again um, and getting getting extended, so that's pretty good. Um, we've had a company tax uh, drop that's going to um, started happening that's going to keep happening. Um, hopefully that continues to be slated in there. I'm hoping the opposition also continue to offer that. There's been some talk around that. Uh, and there was some talk on the news yesterday. Bill Shorten is talking about... Um, green cars, electric cars and, and small business and, and what he's going to be offering there as well. So it'll be interesting to see what he has in full for that. I think that was like a bit of a, a, a leak, a pre-budget <laughs> leak, yeah. a bit of a teaser there for small business. Um, so it'd be really Not essential use of uh, automated cars though. Really. That's no. Not quite that advanced yet. <laughs> but we don't see, uh, we don't see a lot of talk around small business. We The, the, the biggest small business this budget was probably Joe Hockey um, a few years back um, and was probably around the, that whole budget emergency and the budget after that with Joe Hockey w- was very small business mm-hmm. focused, uh, which was really great. Um, it's watered down a bit over the, uh, the last couple of budgets and I'd like to see um, a continued focus on uh, small business being a really important part. Well, it's a massive part of our economy. It's a mm. massive mm, employer. 60%. It should be a high mm-hmm. focus for any government. Uh, to really focus on. What percentage of um, business? You said 60% of people are employed by small business, but what percentage, would you know that, is small business versus big business? 
Uh, so I'm not sure how many businesses there are over the 10 mil mark, mm-hmm. uh, but I do know that uh, we've got 2 million, up to 2 million. We've got 200,000 between um, 2 million and 10 million. Mm-hmm. So that number is going to be less than 200,000 from 10 mil up. It's it's a sliding scale. So it would diminish greatly above the 10 million mark. Um, and we've only got 200,000 in that um, gap of eight million. So over fifty percent of industry would be small business. Clearly, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's And tracking with the rest of the world is—is is that a similar trend through the? Oh, no, I'm putting Matt on the yeah. spot, you aren't I? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that a similar trend through the rest of the world? Google Matt. No one fact checking on this. <laughs> <laughs> we are very against fact checking on the show. <laughs> it, it definitely is. There is um, it's a similar trend across um, like other major developed countries like the US and that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, beautiful. Well, when we come back, uh, we really want to touch on one of the other avenues that you do, and that's networking, the offline, I don't know, part of your business that I think people are neglecting. And that's something Paul and I are both passionate about. We can't use the words that Paul says about himself being a networker, but but I think there needs to be an an education, in my opinion, around networking and how networking works and should work. Absolutely. You're listening to a live 90.5. This is Power Up with me and Paul, and our guest today, Matt Alton. Networking. It's such a taboo word. Well, it was a taboo word in my vocabulary, and I have no idea why. It was a uh, rather taboo word. It was almost um, the, the idea of networking used to drive fear into me. Particularly when I was in a corporate, I used to go to networking events. It was like, you know, one of those things is like you almost get very anxious about um, networking, and um, I'm over that now. <laughs> I never. I just want to throw it on the table. I've ne- I had never networked before. I don't know where my perception of networking came from. Maybe I saw a really bad movie about networking. I don't know. But according to me, it was just a bad thing. Don't do it. Never, ever do it. Stay away from it. I don't know why I thought this until I spoke to a mentor of mine. And, you know, his business is worth $500 million. And he said to me, if he could do it over again, he would network. Hmm. And, you know, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Um, And the very next day I went, right, where do I network? And guess who I tripped over? Who? Oh, I think his name now. (laughs) Wasn't wasn't someone sitting quite close to you now, was it? Yeah, that's an annoyingly perfect person. (laughs) 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 I joke. Uh, (laughs) When I was Googling and looking for networking events, I, I did come across BX. In fact, I came across a few of them and I tried a few... But I tended to fall towards the the environment that you've created, Matt. But before we even talk about that environment that you've created, can we just have this discussion about networking? Yeah. And why? Mm-hmm. Where did this negative perception in my mind come from? Oh, I think there's a couple of elements, but it's it's old school, right? Like it's not tech based. It's face to face. You stand up and talk about your business. It it flies against most millennials and Gen Y and the way they like to do things. Oh, the whole social thing being so unsociable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're not swiping left and swiping right, then yeah. what is that? Like? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's important. Uh, like people just done, People just basically think that networking is old school. It's the old way of doing business. Uh, but they forget that networking is about relationships and mm. business is also about relationships and that's where it's so important. So for those of the, for those of our listeners who are listening now going networking, what is networking? Do you just want to define networking in a business environment? Yeah, look, networking in a business environment is meeting people and 
if it's some sort of structured networking, it's all about having them introduce you to other people. So building in your network. So networking is like a cobweb. It's like a spider's web that it branches out. And so as people connect you with other people, it opens it up and gets wider and wider and wider and wider. So it builds that around you. And so uh, there's like a spectrum of, of networking varieties. So we've got like the soft left, which is unstructured styles of networking, which might be like a chambers of commerce or council functions and things like that. And then we've got like structured networking in the middle, but it's it's not very it's not accountable. It's more self accountable. Uh, it's a bit more relaxed and friendly. Um, I like to call that BX networking. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have um, we have like hard networking, which is highly rule bound and conformist, and um, it's very referral bound networking. Um, and th- although that works exceptionally well, um, it's also like having another job. So it's very very rule bound networking. So um, there's a spectrum, and I think people. They might go into one type that doesn't suit them and they're not mm. getting results in it. And then they go, oh, networking doesn't work. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I found myself in a very structured one and the requirements outside of the event, setting up X amounts of appointments, uh, being held accountable. I've no problem with the accountability. What I did have a problem with was the amount of time yeah. I needed to put in outside of the event. and. When you're starting your business, you may have that time, but as your business starts to grow, I found that, you know, I could just see for myself that this was not going to work because I could barely make any appointments based on where I was in my business, let alone watching my business grow. Where do I find that additional time? Yeah. So you want to make it fit with your your, your business Mm -hmm. ebbs and flows. Uh, So, because we all know that we we get busy and I I know that's a terrible excuse we should use busy. I'm, uh, you know, I've always... Oh yeah, I don't think Matt's ever been busy a day in his life, by (laughs) the way. I've taken the word out of my vocabulary (laughs) with that. I used to say I was busy all the time and I've I've removed it out of my vocabulary. So, Mm. um, because it's self-fulfilling as well. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, I I think people, if they they are looking at doing some sort of networking, they should try different types and Mm. and how does it make them feel and and what sort of results can they expect Mm. to get out of it? Because Paul likes the highly structured. You, You like the highly structured ones, don't you? Yeah, look that that does that does work for me i think that uh, what i find though is there a, a mixture so i find actually a mixture of different networking events is uh, is what i is what i try and find works for me because i think what? just uh, doing doing one um, networking event doesn't work for my, for my business so i have to uh, use multiple ones you're so right because i think a lot of networking groups like you to be uh, that's the only networking mm. you do, mm. whereas mm. it defies the whole purpose of mm. networking. Networking Absolutely. is about growing your networks and you're more valuable to other people in the network when mm. you have a greater mm. network outside Absolutely the room. Right. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. And I certainly think that's, uh, you know, to me, that's what I find... Uh, it's, it's, it almost makes networking more comfortable as well because I actually think that that fear of networking I had actually was better because I see different people in different groups and I see, I see a familiar face mm. and all yeah. of a sudden networking wasn't that scary thing it was to Look, start we've got to get off to news now, but I want to pick up this conversation because I think we've just touched on the advantages we have of networking. plenty more to talk about networking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're listening to a live 90.5. Uh, this is Power Up with me and Paul. Our guest today, Mac Alderson. Paul, what do you think of the music choices we've had so far? Fantastic. Yeah. Ah, yes. 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 No. Well done, Matt. It's uh, <laughs> always relieved enough to choose the music myself, and we uh, we we basically um, you know uh, throw that at our guests. And uh, one one time we actually uh, went through a, a guest music choice, and we didn't have that many tunes, and a lot of them weren't on there. So I had to make some up, much to me as disgust. So um, <laughs> well, there was so no the pressure not being on me is good. There was no "My Heart Will Go On" from Titanic, so you should be happy. Oh, <laughs> and, man, I and you're one of the few guests so far. If you like, <laughs> you're one of the few guests so far. 
not to choose Bon Jovi's "Living on a Prayer," which has been the most requested tune by our guests so far. So that's yeah, uh, yeah. that's one you didn't pick. So. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, Matt doesn't. He just said he doesn't live on a prayer. He <laughs> he's got everything to, <laughs> down to the last minute. He is originals. No, that's right. That's, that's right. That's right. Talk about living on a prayer. We were talking about networking before the news. So let's go back into the networking, shall we? And I think that um, Matt, you've really you've really sort of like look at uh, networking in terms of how to make um, money from networking and, and understand a number of key areas. So do you, would you like to take us through that now, please? Yeah, well, fundamentally, we do go to networking to build uh, a sales pipeline for our business. Uh, I shouldn't leave out the fact that we do network as well to um, be around with like-minded people and to mm. build a community around us. Mm. Um, that's probably the unrecognised area and the value that people get out of it. Uh, having that community is so important for people in small business because we typically work by ourselves. Uh, we may have employees, but... Um, sometimes I don't understand the pressures that we face and the yep. challenges we have. So uh, the community is a big element mm, of... It's uh, almost, you know, now I have a Christmas party with you and I don't feel so isolated. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and have my little, what do you call those little things that you blow? What do streamers. You call no, oh. <laughs> the other things that you blow. <laughs> all right, let's go with streamers Moving and party hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm all by myself. Now I've got this whole network of people um, who I can celebrate and have that end of year function with and yeah. feel like I'm part of a group and not isolated by myself. So it's a very good point, that one. Definitely. So it's about community, but it's also about making money because yep. if we're in, in a community that uh, we're paying to get all breakfast or a meeting mm. on a regular basis, it'd be great to have our costs covered by that. Yep. Uh, and so we are all about helping people make more than just their cost back but mm. get a, a massive return on investment. Um, so there's kind of three ways that we suggest people do that with networking. Uh, the first one is uh, to understand that networking is a top of funnel activity. So I know you can't see what my hands are doing right now, but imagine a, a funnel. Uh, we all know what a funnel looks like. Um, think of a triangle, uh, upside down triangle, the, the point down the bottom, the, the big flat end at the top. Uh, so nice and wide at the top and, and it narrows down. Uh, the top of it is our top of funnel. Uh, you can follow along, we've been there. Yeah, yep. top is top of funnel. I'm still there. I'm still there. Um, and so what our funnel is, this is our sales and marketing funnel. And all of our leads and, and prospects all come in through the top of funnel through all of our marketing channels. Uh, we should be doing lots of different marketing, networking and, and PR and online and social media, uh, strategic partnerships and, and expert positioning, all the different pillars that we could possibly have. There's a number of those, five of those. We should be uh, building our sales marketing pipeline through those. Networking is one of those. So we uh, have people coming into our sales and marketing funnel uh, by that. And networking is all about filling that. But it's not about selling to people. So that is rule number two. Rule number two is we don't sell to people at networking. It's a really good way to make it sleazy when you've got people coming up and say, buy my stuff, buy my oh, stuff. I know. When somebody goes around, you always get that one Muppet walking around with their business cards. <laughs> I know, the business and cards, and flicking it, them at yeah, you kind of thing. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I, it's I, like I have a picture of someone in my head when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like watching a, a rock song and, and you see those rappers. I don't know why I'm thinking of rappers, but they've got the big pile of money and they're just shooting the money out yes. at you. There's always that Muppet walking around shooting up business cards and you're going, what are you doing? Who are you again? have a name for those people. Yeah. Yeah. They're called hunters. Oh. Yeah. And you I recognize them straight them. <laughs> away. Yeah. They're always collecting all the cards at a meeting uh, and they're, they're, they just go from meeting to meeting and they hunt and, they, and they're all about selling to people. So our rule is we don't sell to people at networking. That that should be a fundamental mm. rule for anybody. Yeah. Don't sell mm. in the room because mm. it's not about selling. It's not about buying. Uh, that may happen. The mm. buying process might happen as you build the relationships, but yeah. it's not, we don't sell ourselves. We actually connect up people in the room with the people outside the room in our vast spider's web of network uh, and of the people outside the room. So um, that's really important. 
Uh, we've all heard the 40-second the pitch um, or the, the elevator pitch that we do mm. in a networking event. Uh, and so that is all about asking for connections to people outside the room. Okay, we've had a competition already today, but I'm going to throw another one up between the two of you. Mm. Um, I've got my timer somewhere. Paul, give me your 40-second pitch now. Start, starting from now? Yeah, go. Okay. Um, so my name is Paul Gripps and my business is PK People Solutions and um, I look to um, get businesses to get their people engaged uh, with the strategy of the business to improve the performance and profitability. Okay. That's How many Paul. seconds for that? <laughs> Not 40, but no, we'll just see the expert that do was, it. That was, that's right. I was that, no was pressure. Without, that was without any uh, coffee yeah, no today. Yeah. <laughs> They're very forgiving to me in a networking event. I can talk for as long as I like, Nolly. <laughs> <laughs> We're very forgiving here. You get 40 seconds or it's public execution. Okay. Hi, my name is Matt Alderton. I'm from BX. I am a small business expert, coach and trainer, as well as running networking events. I, uh, I do what I do because I love small business owners. I'm an advocate for small business and I've been through some adversities in the past that have really shone a light on how to make people and businesses be successful and I'm able to help other businesses do the same. Uh, today I'm looking to connect with <laughs> the keys to networking, Paul, yeah. is I'm looking to connect with uh, business owners uh, in the Parramatta area who'd like to come along to a networking event uh, where I can hook them up and help them up. I help to get a whole bunch of new clients. So uh, once again, Matt from BX. And that's how the experts do it. Could that's you it. tell us he's who always, you uh, He's for a lot longer. <laughs> I, as I said, I haven't had any coffee today. That's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. And I suppose uh, when you're talking about not selling at the networking event and you talk about this 40-second mm. uh, pitch, very important is who do you want to be connected that's with? That's right. Mm. No pressure. Mm. I, I very rarely do a 40-second pitch, but I listen to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds yeah. every yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, so I've heard some really good ones and I've heard yeah. some really, really bad ones Last as well. Ones. Oh, that'd be me. Uh, Paul, you were, you were in the good. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, I'll, I'll pay you later in, in coffee because I need coffee. <laughs> yeah, so it's so important adding that 40-second pitch because you do want to make a good impression. But yeah. there is that fine line of who am I, what do I do, why do I do mm. what I yeah, do why. versus mm. I'm selling to you. And that's where that fine line comes in. How do you identify that fine line and not cross over it? Into the selling, you mean? Yeah. Uh, because it's about, and this is the third point that I talk about, is it's referral partners. We're looking mm. to connect in a room so we're looking to connect with referral partners outside the room. So we're going to ask the other people in the room, who do they know who fits this profile? And so a referral partner, so if you don't know, a referral partner is uh, another business type that serves all the same customers and clients that you do, uh, but they're non-competing, so they don't mm. compete with you. So an accountant, will, uh, if you're an accountant, another accountant competes with you, but they still serve all the same clients, not a good referral partner. Uh, but a financial planner could be a great referral partner for a, an accountant because uh, they would have a similar base of customers and they'd be able to tap into each other's network in a non-salesy way as well. So what we encourage people to do is build a referral partnership, um, have a 10-minute conversation once a fortnight with their referral partner, talk about uh, how they can help them, who they can connect them with. They, they'll reciprocate the same questions and it could be just sharing of resources on their social or putting something in their newsletter that goes out uh, either printed or whatever or if they've got a publication of some kind and by being in front of your ideal customer on a regular basis you're more likely to get clients and the obvious direct referral comes up as well when they go hey someone's looking mm. to do business with mm. someone like you mm. and I know I like, can trust you so I'm going to refer you. To me that is the, the absolute key and to me that's been what really has been the golden networking in terms of it's those referral partners um, and I guess probably when I first started yeah, I didn't necessarily know who they were going to be um, or I was given an idea who they might be, and I actually found probably it was a slightly different group to well, one of the key ones. Yeah. But, uh, you know, commercial employment lawyers has really been the one that's really worked for me. Um, and it wasn't you know, your initial. Time. I remember 
no, it wasn't. No, no, no. But uh, and it, but yeah. I, I think there's another thing, way to say that you haven't necessarily given up on my initial key one as well because I still believe there is uh, there is connections that I'll continue to make and um, and hopefully that will pay. But certainly, I think that to me has been the real the real key and the real benefit from networking yeah. has been um, you know those uh, those referral partners because I think that's where you get uh, you know, you build a good relationship there um, and it's almost like the gift that keeps giving. Yeah. It does, and it's it's perpetual. It just keeps going because um, the the longer you work with it, and the more consistent you are, the better it becomes. And when we kind of value our, our referral partnership, it kind of averages out to be about fifteen thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. per referral partner. If you're a printer, you might get you know fifty jobs, but worth a small amount. If you're a business coach, you might get mm-hmm. one new client that could be worth about fifteen twenty grand a year. So really, um, if everyone averages out to be about fifty grand a year, oh, sorry, fifteen grand a year, we encourage members to be working towards a magic number of about 70 referral partners now that could take it two or three four years to get to that point uh, but once you get you know 20 and 30 mm. you're talking some you know pretty high six figure dollars just off the back of one of your marketing channels but mm. the interesting thing that you've built Matt uh, and I'm talking about the, the organisation that you've built here is that because of the way that it is structured and you spending once a fortnight with a group of people, you really get to know them and you get to know what they stand for and you get to know uh, how they work and how they function and you become that extended salesperson for them. So, Absolutely. for example, mm. you know, with Paul, I'll find myself more often than not, someone will be talking to me about sales and then they'll mention a few issues they're having in the HR side and before I even know it or realizing it, I'm selling Paul's services. Now, it's not my services. I've, there's no interest for me, but it's just that I'm building up that network. I know what these people are like. And, you know, Paul's just one example, but when I look at the networking group I'm in with you, um, the number of times that I'm selling other people's services for them, yeah. and they're not standing mm. in the room. So by the time that introduction happens, you know, we've done the deal already. It's just now. What are you going to do to close it? Is that something that generally does start to happen? Or is it because oh, it's definitely. a salesperson in me that just sells everyone? <laughs> no. And look, you get your array of quali- like qualified networkers. So as they've an experience. So once they get into the system, they're pretty green. But as they sort of, you know, with us for six months, 12 months, a couple of years, they get better and better. But we've got some networkers who have been with us for a few years. Um, so some of you, if you're listening, might know a lady called Lorene McKenzie. Oh, I love her. Um, she's awesome. She's an area leader within uh, our company, and she uh, does about six or ten meetings uh, fortnight. And uh, she's a master networker. So she's thinking about who to connect you with before you even ask who to connect you with, uh, who you want to be connected with. Um, and so you get people don't understand. They just think it's everyone's just asking. Mm. Well, there's actually people sitting in the room who are not thinking of themselves at all. Mm. They're they're only thinking, how can I help this person? Who can I connect them with without you even having to put it out there? And they're writing down referrals. And we do all that at the meeting. So we get, you know, we're getting two, three referral connections per person at most meetings now because we've got some master networkers who are just super good at it. They can almost give one to each person in the room at each meeting. It's, it's amazing. Right at the beginning when you were talking, we spoke about the idea that it's finding that tribe, that community that's like-minded. And when we come back from the break, I really want to talk about that too because I, I can think of now two people who have joined a networking group for reasons that I actually hadn't thought about um, and it's actually so important and I Mm. can't believe that I didn't think about that. So so when we come back, I'd like to have a chat about that. You're listening to a Live 90.5 with Mia and Paul with our guest today, Matt Alderson. Before the break, Matt, I mentioned that um, we have two people in a current networking group that I'm in who have actually joined because they've started a business and they have, by their own admission, 
no idea what they're doing. They started the business because they're passionate about what they want to do. Yeah. Um, the one gentleman, because he's really good at what he's done, he's achieved a lot, but even he knows that it's it's because of his capabilities and his abilities. It's not because he's a good business person. And one of the reasons he's joined networking or he didn't even realize that at the time was when he was sitting in the networking event and talking to people and spending 10 minutes with selected people and then listening to a presentation that was being held that he actually needed help and there was this whole group of people who were there just willing to to spend some time with him and say hey have you thought about x have you thought about y and it's that building that tribe again how do you find that arrangement in a networking group yeah well it's it's a big one and that's why i started people go and check out a lot of different networking types and groups because you'll find that uh, there'll be ones that suit you and then ones that don't. Uh, and it's about feeling comfortable with with the people in the room. You know, some some will have an average age that's a bit older, some will be young groups. And, and so you want to fit and feel, in the, uh, you know, comfortable in the vibe that, and the culture that's in that group um, because it, they attract that more of those kinds of people all the time as well, which is why the one that you feel comfortable in, you'll, you'll spend more time in. Uh, but thinking about small business owners, why do we get into small business? Uh, it's because we're highly skilled at our particular trade craft, uh, but that does not mean we know how to run a business. <laughs> so there's no real university degree on how to run a business. I did a commerce management degree. Um, one would think that would put me in pretty good stead to run a business. It has, I, I've used one subject, accounting. That's all I've used. They want to hate it, by the way. But oh, look, I, I was going to say, I've started yeah. accounting, but my husband has very quickly taken anything to do with financial books away from me because it's a shocker. Yeah, look, I'm glad I know what debits and credits are and, and which side they go on for each different part of the... Hang on, let's just ask Paul. Paul? Red and black. <laughs> which is which, though? Depends. Black is positive, red is negative. See, I, I was good at maths at school. I'm going to take your word for that because I have no idea. <laughs> so it's, uh, and it's interesting, well, and there's just so many elements in accounting that I've been able to use in that. But apart from that, four years of basically wasted time. So um, yeah. partying and, and lots of drinking and stuff like that. so <laughs> proud. So, so you didn't you didn't have a module on people management then? No, you not to. really. He no, did. It was no. Oh, was a local pub. That was, oh, that's right. <laughs> Built relationships at a local pub. That, that's it, right? So, uh, look, I've I've seen so many business owners and thousands of people we deal with all the time uh, and educate because a big part of our networking is about education, not just about facilitating sales. Um, but it's about. Uh, really helping people understand that there's many aspects to small business that, that they need some skill set in. So, uh, you know, accounts is an obvious one, but uh, <laughs> we're expected to wear an HR hat as mm. well. We, we mm. should know all the ups and downs and rights and wrongs with hiring people and, and working with people. We should know, um, you know, some basic business law. We should know um, all different elements, marketing and sales, like every hat that a small business owner is supposed to wear. Yep. We can't possibly know what we should know mm. uh, and what we're expected to know. And I, and I think that's a big problem for small business owners. Um, mm. In saying that, uh, when you get into a networking environment, there's people that are specialists in each of those areas wearing those hats. Uh, they might suck at accounting, but the lawyer in the room knows their business law. So mm. Mm. Um, yeah. if you get stuck... They don't say, well, I'm, you know, 250 bucks an hour. They say, jump jump on a 10-minute um, call or in, a, in, in the meeting, jump, uh, you know, one-to-one -one with me and we'll chat about what's going on and I'll see if I can point you in the right direction. It's so mm. true what you said, just, just coincidentally, actually, and you weren't at the meeting I was at this morning. We did have a lawyer because we, we're talking, you know, the legal month that is March. Where are we? April. The legal month that is April. Just. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, we were having that discussion about, a discussion about certain legal, uh, legal issues 
And the lawyer in the room actually turned around and said, you know, I have a minimum fee of whatever it was, X, Y, Z, whatever. Let's say it was $250. But you know what? Just give me a ring. We'll set up some time. We're part of this group together. I'm not going to charge you for it. Yeah. And just, you know, yeah. download and let's have that discussion. And then if you decide to take it any further, we'll formalize the relationship. Mm. But let's just have that conversation. Smart you know practice. What? It yeah. is smart practice. That's very smart, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But, it, 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 you know, when we've got that attitude of giving to each mm. other uh, and everyone's doing the same, then it mm. happens with all elements of networking from mm. giving referrals and mm. uh, opportunities there, but also mm. helping each other out. And I think that's, that's such, and I said it was a um, unrecognized when you first come in, people don't realise that that's why what they're going to get out of it. But mm. it's certainly mm. one of the biggest factors mm. for a, for a business owner coming into a networking environment is just having that really comfortable environment where you can talk mm. to people, you can share your challenges and your problems and your successes, uh, and get advice uh, from people who care about the results that you're going to get from it. And it's education. I mean, one of the things in the the, the system and the network that you've built, which I found find quite interesting, specifically for me is that you do have that opportunity to download knowledge and share knowledge. And it's not about selling yourself and saying, oh, look at me, I'm so awesome, which I am. <laughs> and I really You tell me every week. <laughs> I do, you just don't Must be true. <laughs> um, you know, and just talk about me and what I've achieved and what I've done. You've designed it in such a way that, for me, my strength, for example, is sales. So that when I do talk to the group and I do do a presentation to the group, it's, how can I take my expertise and my knowledge and download it to you so that tomorrow you can take it into your business yeah. and mm. you can mm. be better at doing what I do? And yeah. I know there was somebody who spoke about something to do with social media and I was writing furiously away and she said one thing and I went, holy smokes, how did I not know that? And it was a game changer. Yeah. And, you know, just for that one little point, so I'm like, oh, I got my money's worth. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that was worth it. Well, it's fascinating because I'm a pretty good generalist across small business. I'll, I know a bit about everything, I guess. Um, and um, I've got some areas where I kind of have my forte in. But every time I listen to a presentation at a meeting or a chat one-on-one with somebody, I learn something new every time. And, and it's because they're the expert in their space. They're living and breathing that every single day. And I learn from them uh, in ways that I could never possibly expect um, in my business because I do have a general knowledge and I do coaching and training all that sort of stuff but um, there's no question when you're in a room of experts every week uh, you learn a lot yeah and I mean I don't know for you Paul because you're in more structured environment more more than what I am does that hold true for 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 what you look at too that those that that downloading is Uh, so much what am I trying to say it is prepared in such a way that it is of value to you and it's not just tooting your own horn so to speak oh absolutely look I think I think it's fair to say of um because I would think that you know I could go to sort of like some structures and quite unstructured events and I think it can happen in both I mean actually this morning I was at what I consider to be probably one that's that's less structured but really great from an educational point of view in terms of um you know that the presentation that was there today and you know some real you know nuggets of information and um although I had to run away quickly to to, to get here on time for the start of the show, um, there was the offer of this person as well to um, you know to impart more knowledge about the subject that he was talking about this morning. So I think you get it in structured and unstructured, mm. and I think that's really one of the benefits. I think part of it though is um, 
uh, you know, I, I certainly find you know, some, I think regularity is good. Um, and uh, like, you know, the event I went to this morning and met someone for the second time that, you know, that I thought we'd be good to connect with, but wasn't going to go in there and do the business card yeah. thing. Uh, we did that today because it was the second time that we, we met, <laughs> and we said we well, were both English as well, so I thought we probably should catch up at some point. Um, and uh, but so I think it happens in the, in the end structures as well as as well as the structured um, in terms and of it's their such an important elements, and I think it's it something is. that when you're looking around to find that networking environment, because I've been to one. Uh, another one that I found was perhaps a little bit more structured. And the presentations that they had were very much around, look at how good I am. Mm. Look at what I do, and I do it so well. Mm. And mm. I'm sitting there going, that's of no value to me because actually what you do has no reference in my life whatsoever. Mm. And it's easy saying that, you know, small business, as you said, Matt, we wear many hats and, and we do have a lot of things to do. But these two particular topics that I listened to actually had zero relevance to wow. most business. Mm. And I just thought, well, I, f- I feel like at this point now I've wasted my time because what am I listening to? Oh, Edu- yeah. Educational is always the way. I think, you know, to me, yeah. it's a case if, if I'm presented at some form of a networking event, um, I know sometimes I've got a very mixed audience and, and can I give everybody something that's that's helpful and educational? Yeah. Um, that's, that's, my, that's my approach. And I, and I think if I go to events where I see good presentations, that's generally what they are. Mm. There's something in there that for everybody. Yeah. When we come back, uh, well, before I say that, Matt, do you feel that we've covered everything we needed to about networking? Because I've got another topic I want to chat we about. We could go for yes. hours, really. Oh, look, I, uh, we? We really I could, could go talk for hours. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, the, the, the fundamental thing is about, about networking is it's not a selling event. It's it's somewhere where you go to meet people, connect with people, uh, and, and you're going there with a, the intention always about how you can help other people and who, who you can connect them up with. If you have that... Uh, mindset in, in place when you go on to a networking event, you'll get lots out of it. Yeah, and I yeah. think though, I mean, from my perspective, and you know, from from the from the most structured to the least structured, I think if you have got those three things in mind, I think that really sets people up for success in in any kind of networking event. From absolutely, uh, yeah. so from where I my experience. When we come back, I want to have a, a brief discussion about offline marketing and online marketing because networking is very much that offline marketing that yeah. I think a lot of people have either forgotten about, don't know about, but I'd like to talk to you a little bit about offline and online marketing. And then my favourite topic, which I like the most, is... Sales. (laughs) My second favourite topic, (laughs) which I like to talk about, is 2030 and what we can expect moving forward. And, you know, being a small business advocate, what are you wanting to see small businesses be involved in in 2030? You're listening. Matt, we were talking about networking being an offline marketing strategy. And... Actually, before the show, we had this very brief discussion that so many businesses are focusing more and more of their budget on online strategies and not seeing a pull through. What are your your thoughts around online strategies, just focusing on online strategies versus just focusing on offline strategies versus a combination of the two? Yeah, well, you, you definitely need to be online. There's no question there. Uh, and more and more. Uh, but that doesn't mean less and less offline marketing. Uh, networking is, is an offline strategy, um, as is like cold calling and all that sort of stuff as well. So you do, you need to be, as we sort of talked about before, covering off on, on all the different marketing pillars and, and not having all your eggs in one basket. Uh, offline marketing, so networking specifically, will help you grow your business um, in a whole different way to... Uh, to marketing online and it gives you skills across the different elements as well so you know if you're not ever talking to people uh, when you get to the end of the the sales process and you have to do a sale conversion by talking to somebody you haven't built a relationship one-on-one with somebody Mm. Uh, and the skill of offline marketing is also about taking people 
um, from an offline area, so uh, face-to-face, um, through to bringing them into your sales and marketing funnel, which might bring them online through your, your CRM and your communication through email and other formats and stuff like that. So it's about bringing them all together um, and having a great automation strategy to minimize um, all those leads and prospects that you're bringing together and pump out the qualified leads at the bottom. So you're, you're selling only to the, the few. So for small businesses who may have a limited budget, what would your recommendation be in terms of activities? Marketing across. Marketing, yeah, sorry, marketing, marketing across. and sales activities. Yeah, yeah. look, um, you need to have an online presence. You've got to have a great website. Um, your, your website has to be a lead generating source, has to have the ability to capture someone's name and email address and ideally a phone number. That's a no-brainer. Um, I think most of us are pretty good at that. We've got the website lead generation maybe we're getting there have some sort of lead magnet there uh, Facebook Instagram uh, potentially Twitter but I'd be on Facebook Instagram and, and um, LinkedIn definitely um, so that element there that online is, is is a core focus and has to be a core focus for any business um, networking obviously uh, <laughs> not just because it benefits me but also because it benefits everyone that does it um, it's a good skill to have it builds relationships and it helps you um you know, socialise and be around like-minded people that will help you through challenges and adversity and, and all sorts of stuff going on in your business. Plus, they'll understand and let, they'll let you gloat when you have some success. Um, I think in Australia, people knock people down when yeah. they have a bit of success. The tall puppy syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slash you down. I do. I know. It's, it's and you terrible. know, it must start in the schools because I see it with my, my son all the time. He'll of have course. like a, a win and then you'll go, oh, mate, that is so awesome. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so they talk it down. Right. Celebrate. <laughs> so in a small business environment, we like to celebrate the wins other people have so mm. uh, we like to share those and, and we like to repost those and we're very supportive and collaborative like that uh, so and then you've, your other strategies like your strategic partnerships and your expert positioning uh, they all take it so those pillars are really important to, to spread yourself out but you can't do everything uh, and put budget into everything as a small business owner starting out so uh, really uh, from a networking perspective uh as I said, you need to be doing it. You need to be out there, uh, but you find something that suits you. And look, um, memberships are around the 800 to sort of 1500 mark uh, for your annual memberships in a, in a referral style of networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so find one that you like and usually just pay your way as you go with your breakfast. Um, so, you know, have a budget of maybe two or three grand to contribute to your networking mm-hmm. and uh, you'll, you'll 10x that in any kind of networking environment as long as you turn up and you have a mentality yeah, where you're going to give time. and serve mm. Um, mm. the people around you, you will absolutely make um, at least 10 times the mm. um, that financial yes. cost that you put in. Yeah, yeah. 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 I agree with that because, uh, you know, what I've received back from from the networking arrangement that I'm in is worth much more than I pay to, to be in that environment, yeah. to be honest. But look, every business is different as well. So networking might be a little bit different if you're a retail shop uh, mm. and mm. online if you've got a retail online store, maybe networking is not going to yield the same results as it would for a business coach uh, or an accountant, all those traditional mm. professional services. Uh, but likewise, uh, the online store, they would have a uh, huge opportunity to engage heavily in SEO and, and Facebook yeah. ads mm. and stuff like that. So every business has different uh, ways and different ways they can uh, invest their budget. It's interesting because um, I like the way you describe in terms of uh, the return investment that you should you should receive as a, as a multiplier in terms of of what you spend yeah. it's, um, it's, uh, it's funny because I've actually not heard anybody actually talk about it in those in those terms before um, and would you say that's probably that, that averages out because I guess probably each uh, each business is different in terms of what they might expect from a networking event 
Yeah. Look, um, what we, is the question? What you, can you expect from a networking? Uh, well, in terms of, do you think the that like the ten times um, return on investment that you talked about? Um, do you think that applies to um, as an average across all types of business, or do you say almost like a minimum for any business? Well, I actually think you should be investing about three to five percent of your turnover. Um, and I use that loosely because it's a little bit different sometimes with different styles of business. Uh, it depends on your margins and stuff as well. But uh, I think 3 to 5% of your turnover, you should reinvest back into marketing. Mm. And that, that way you're always contributing to the growth of your business. Mm. Mm. Um, don't stop when you get busy. <laughs> like make it a consistent activity. Yep. Uh, because if you stop when you get busy, then you stop being busy and you've got no sales Absolutely. happening. So, yeah. It's yeah. interesting because Paul and I were actually at a, a coaching seminar a couple of weeks, maybe a month, month ago, ago now. Yeah. And, um, and I've told the story on air before, but I'll share it with you, Matt, because it was such a fantastic story. It's, and it's exactly what you've said, but the analogy is imagine you're going fishing and you know where all the best fishing spots in the world are or, or on the coast are and off you go and you're fishing and you get all the fish and then you go back to the yard and you're cleaning out the fish and you're preparing it and you're selling it and before long everything's sold and you're going, yeah, I've done a great job and then you turn around and all the fish is gone again. Yeah. And, and you've got to go back out mm. and do it again. And I think a lot of small businesses is exactly what you've said is they forget that when they're busy, they focus on what's already there and they forget that the pipeline is going to, at some point, we're going to run out of anything in the pipeline. We're going to carry on. Absolutely. And and it's a conversation I have with many people that I'm either talking about doing coaching with or actually coaching. And the conversation always is when they say, oh, I'm just too busy. And I said, oh, well, if you're making all the money that you would like to make, then that's a different conversation. <laughs> like, oh, no, well, oh, I'm not making all the money I want to make. I'm like, well, that's that's the conversation yeah. we need to have then. I didn't mm. say I was making money. I just said I was <laughs> it's busy. It's interesting because the way I look at it is discipline and regularity. So I think in some ways, you know, um, I have a little bit of a pattern of um, events that I, that I go to. And I find actually by, by the fact that they're, they're things that I intend either on a very regular basis or a, or a semi-regular basis, I actually find that actually that actually helps into it's almost like oh, there's a there's almost like an enforced event in terms of that I'm going to go along to, um, yeah. and I find that actually that actually helps you know keep me active when I am you know busy. Absolutely, um, on the day job, it keeps yeah. you disciplined. Mm. I do say to people uh, when I do coaching, especially that you should spend about seventy percent of your time as a small business owner on top of funnel activities. Uh, so generating leads and prospects into your sales and marketing funnel through those different marketing uh, pillars. Um, as you move up and your business matures into different um, you know, growth elements, different scales of, of sales, uh, the, that amount will drop and you become more of the business owner who's focused on uh, managing team and leading team and all mm. that sort of stuff. So That's different elements. We've heard there. that before. Remember mm. we heard that, that really? for the first million you make, probably 90% is your effort. Mm. Then I think the second million, I think it dropped down to about 70%. But when you hit to the, the first 10 million, you were looking at maybe 40% is it your is your time. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, it just drops exponentially mm. to mm. the point that you're at 1% of the business is yours. Well, 1 million is the glass ceiling. So many, many businesses will never will never hit the one million mark and push through uh, because there's a transition that often happens at one mil where it stops being about delivery and starts being about the people and the culture in your organisation mm. uh, mm. and we don't have the skill set to manage that and things fall apart and then we rebuild and get it back to a million then things fall apart because we're not mm. able to mm. lead the team. Yeah. Mm. So, Look, when we come back, let's quickly touch on 2030 uh, and then we'll get the girls from Pick a Mix in. You're so 2030, what do small businesses need to be on about? Well, it's I love technology. It's pretty exciting. It's an exciting space to be looking into at the moment because uh, I think where we've come in the last few years is I think it just it's exponential exponential in terms of the growth and the change mm-hmm. in technology. 
Um, artificial intelligence uh, is phenomenal. Uh, and what it's going to do for small business and how it's going to revol- revolutionise small business is massive. Are the robots coming? I have to ask. Yes, the robots are <laughs> yeah, they're, they're already here. <laughs> Haven't you heard of chatbots? <laughs> Oh yeah, but I want an actual real robot though. But yes. all right, <laughs> um, we'll be on, we'll be in space by then. But uh, no. <laughs> if Brenton has everything to do, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's pretty exciting. So um, think about it from this perspective: um, as artificial intelligence enters all workforces and all workplaces, uh, there is going to be a lot of people made redundant and jobs um, up. You know, going up and, and unemployment will increase. Um, and talking about this being a 50-year cycle um, that's going to affect Australia uh, and the world as more and more uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning and all the technology that's put into place here because basically it does replace people in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the impact, they're saying, is a 50-year cycle. So we'll have a down... Like, unemployment will increase over, over a 50-year period and slowly come back. And in 50 years' time, we'll kind of be where we are now in terms of employment. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty scary, right? I'll be 20 then. Paul will be dead. <laughs> In 50 years' time, she'll be 20. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. We did, we did say, she wasn't, we did say that mass safe. wasn't our strongest subject, didn't we? Other people believe. Yeah. Right, clearly a very bright brain person. <laughs> yeah. we'll, 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 take, we'll, we'll take you down to the red and the black ink yeah. again. We'll that later. <laughs> like I said, business owners are not good at everything. There. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm being picked on. Okay, <laughs> but she can <laughs> sell. Trust me, <laughs> she can sell. <laughs> Just not her numbers. So future-proofing um, the business? So it's, it's about doing two things. One, future-proofing your business through AI and machine learning and, and understanding and using technology. But first, think about all those people being made redundant. What happens when someone gets made redundant? What do they do? They go out and buy, their, they buy themselves a job. They become mm-hmm. a small business owner. So we're going to see an influx of competitors in the marketplace in small business, a whole bunch of new people coming into the marketplace who will be uh, competing against you. So lots of sales coaches and sales trainers. Um, everybody who was an expert in their area in, in their employment will be that expert in the area now as a business owner. So we're going to have a lot more competition. So there's an opportunity now for business owners to really uh, to tackle AI and, and machine learning and, and robots uh, <laughs> and, and learn how they can use that in their business to improve their efficiencies and their scale, um, save costs and become more competitive because they're going to need to be more competitive because of the amount of competition mm-hmm. entering the marketplace. So there's two elements there that are going to affect us over the next you know 10 or 15 mm-hmm. years. Uh, one, from increased competition and two, from how can we become more competitive? How can we um, systemize and scale and, and automate our businesses and, and we can see some of it now right the chatbots yeah. are a really good example of automation and artificial intelligence uh, and machine learning so they do learn so the chatbots you start doing the programming you start to create the, the question and response scenarios uh, but a lot of them are now linking back to Google and um, using the Google uh, databases and all that sort of stuff to learn what people are asking about and and refining the questions and answers uh, based on interactions from the web. Uh, it's quite phenomenal. And, and they're doing that and so their their responses are getting better and better without our uh, intervention in that process. That's like, it, it blows my mind. It's so, like, it's so yeah, left br- you, like you know, out there, isn't it? I do this every week. I mean, 2030, I love talking about 2030 and I give myself three minutes to do it. Um, what am I thinking? It's not far away, you know. <laughs> no, I know. And, and I need to have more time because I, I just want to get sucked into the conversation. <laughs> We're going to have to have a 2030 um, show dedicated yeah, one day. You know, just to yeah, just to that. Yeah. There's Matt, some really good futurists I'll introduce you to. Oh. Um, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, 
Yeah, networking. I'll introduce you. Matt, it's been absolutely phenomenal having you on the show. Absolutely. I think you've opened you, a lot of people's minds to the idea of, of what networking is. Um, small business, the, the advocacy towards small business. I think you've raised some really good points about speaking to your local councillor, you know, being that squeaky, squeaky door. <laughs> uh, the more of us that do that, the more notice we'll get, the more we'll be in a position to start to, I don't know, bargain or negotiate for better deals for small business owners so i do want to thank you awesome uh, for coming in thanks Mia. Um, thanks paul for having me it's been yeah, very welcome and uh what we'll do is you have a book that we are going to give away as well as a free networking meeting that you can attend brecky brecky yeah. great quality coffee as well. so what we're going to do is matt we'll put that on linkedin tomorrow with a little bit of the podcast um and we will think of some random question to ask beautiful mm. Mm. Yeah, and some thought, I think. we will have our winner, we will select off of LinkedIn tomorrow. How does that sound? Fantastic. Well, the book's unsigned, so it's worth more, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> How about I sign it? <laughs> and completely destroy your credibility. <laughs> thank you so much, Matt. Thank you so much, Matt. We appreciate you coming in.